When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's week eight. We're here for the NFL DFS breakdown for the DGN Nation podcast. Your host here, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. I'm joined by one of the usual uh, suspects here, Mr. Maddie Dixon himself. Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. And hey, Maddie, it's, it's Jersey night, baby. We broke him out. We broke them up. For this yeah, show. we had to, you know, we had to get back on the uh, the money train a couple of weeks ago with my Keelan Cole. Uh, it took me to the promised land at one percent owned. So, you know, I had to had to honor him and get get a jer- get his jersey. So, uh, rocking Man. the Keelan Cole jersey tonight, and you've got the Jacob Hollister on. Won you big some big bucks last year? I know, last year, baby, we love Jacob Hollister. Week ten, it's crazy, man. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's twenty nineteen, right? So, I gotta I gotta figure out what my jersey's gonna be for twenty twenty. Maybe you gotta maybe get you twenty twenty jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I want a I want another off hand guy. I want another off the wall play like a Keelan Cole. Jacob Hollister. We need to get some shout outs from these guys uh, for this show here. Giving, yeah, them like, some, giving them some love. You can't go buy a Derrick Henry jersey when he's 35, 40% owned, right? Even though he goes for 40, <laughs> you've got you've to get the oh. 1% owned Keelan Cole jersey. So you've got to get, Man, the, like I, you said, the off the wall guys. You're already you're already starting it off nice, Maddie. I can't wait to talk about this slate, man. We got we got a fun one here for week eight. And before we get into the slate, I just want to thank everybody who's joining us tonight. If you're watching this on Thursday night on the YouTube channel, on the Periscope, on the Twitch, we really appreciate that DJ Nation Pod. If you're watching, you can also see the Fantasy Authority uh, channels there at the bottom. It's powered by the Fantasy Authority. We appreciate that. And DJ Nation Pod on Twitter is where you can find us. Hit us up in the DMs. We can get you in that slack here we've had some fun conversations the past couple weeks in there um just on the slates and on the showdown slate tonight that's going on that's kind of been wild there carolina and atlanta so we want you guys coming in there join the dj nation family we'd love to have you guys all right let's get into this slate maddie and and so we got week eight on the books um last week was wild right like last week was the games were the crazy it came to fruition we had teams scoring over 40 points we had the seattle arizona game getting moved we had i mean people were talking about builds we we were talking about builds on tuesday that came to fruition on sunday maddie that's how crazy we we tried to tell everybody late night hammer we we warned (laughs) them didn't we 
We we did, man. And, and you know what's crazy about that is, is that game I still felt, it still felt under-owned to me than what it should be. And even for myself, Maddie, because I had a, I had Lockett teams. I had Kyler teams. I had Kyler Hopkins. I had Kyler Kirk. Kyler Kirk Lockett. Kyler Kirk Decap. Like, I felt like I had the teams, but just kind of the pieces just really didn't align to what needed to happen. Like I felt like I just got exposure to that game just to have them instead of taking what the, what the slate was giving us from those early slates and being like, okay, let's build around those pieces and then plug in those great pieces from that, from that late game. And of course, you know, lock it, lock it hitting for 50 or whatever it was on DK. I mean, that's just going to really, you know, take you to the house. Carson getting hurt there that hurt Metcalf. He had a couple opportunities, penalty called back a long play. Um, other other plays than that just didn't go the way for him, but it does just go to, you know, speak to the tune of when you see something that's on paper, that just feels like a right spot. And we're going to talk about it this week because it's, it doesn't feel great though, Matty. It doesn't feel as good as last week did last week felt like everything was jumping off the page. There were very few spots that were good spots that people were talking about where you could say, okay, I could see this going wrong or, Oh, this really doesn't, feel great like I'm looking at the game this week right so we got Detroit and Indy it's got a 50 over under and I'm just like I don't really know if that's getting there I think it opened at 51 and it's already getting bet down and it's like sometimes those weeks happen and I feel like a lot of the times too Maddie the way to take advantage of on slates especially like this week eight one before we dive in is going to be where can you position yourselves especially for tournament players and I know some of these Listeners that we have, they play cash. Shout out to you guys playing cash this year in 2020. It's been a wild one. Uh, you've got to put up 200 in cash lines to cash. So I, I really appreciate the grind you guys are putting in. But in tournaments here this week, there's going to be so many things that go overlooked here because it's not as straightforward as last week was. And people are going to f- try and push those straightforward spots that come to fruition on paper to make the to make their belts this week. Is that how you feel? Yeah, so like you said, I mean, there's really only a couple spots, both on the ground and on the ground and through the air, that where you just feel really comfortable about what you're plugging in. And I think this is going to be the most condensed chalk we have seen to date this season. Uh, I think you're going to get a lot of lot of guys that are going to be high owned, uh, and you're just going to have to try to force yourself to be different from the field, as as uncomfortable as it is, but. It's just one of those weeks, man, where you're going to have to try to do something different, even though you don't really want to, uh, because everybody's going to attack the same spots. Because like you said, there's a a bunch of low totals, only a a couple games are 50 or higher. And the ones that are 50 or higher, it's like some of the worst defenses in the league. So it's it's just the obvious spots. Right. So it's we're going to have to get a little bit creative, but I've got a a good feeling as to how I think I'm going to attack the slate. So. I'm curious to hear if you're on the same page with me or not. Yeah, man. I mean, we usually do align somewhat, so to speak. But, uh, you know, we had some conversations earlier today in the chat. You and Kev kind of getting a little heated over over a game that I I definitely want to talk about. So let's get into it. You know how we do it here at the DJ Nation podcast. we got to break it down position by position. And let's start at the quarterback position, Maddie. And that's kind of where this week comes down to, right? I mean, we're going to have some decisions to make here at quarterback. You got Pat Mahomes at the top that he's going against the Jets team at home in Arrowhead. 
where the total, I mean, I, I had to double take this. I, I thought this was a college game making its way onto the NFL slate. So the Chiefs are favored by 19 and a half points here at home. And you really just don't see a way that they don't blouse these these guys. I mean, the Jets are just really what an atrocious football team they are for fantasy, for watching purposes. It's it's just all bad there. And and they still got their main guys coming up on the injury report. Uh, Brashad Perryman, I'm not sure what's going on with him on the practice reports this week. I know he's up dealing with injury. Jameson Crowder dealing with injury. Left Bell now, who's on KC, leaving the Jets. It's, it's just a dumpster fire there. But at 8,100, he really needs to you know smash in order for that to pay off. And we're not seeing 2018 Patrick Mahomes this year. Not seeing 2019. I mean, this guy is, they're comfortable with having him go out there, throw 30 times, throw 25 times, and just like, okay, we're beating the team. Defense, you do the rest, and and we don't need you. So that's that's an interesting spot, uh, I feel like, that people will go to. I mean, we're talking about these top guys here. we got Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, who all round up the top 7K play. And before I get into your plays, Matty, because I'm not sure kind of where you're headed there, For me, I'll just talk about personally. For me this week, as this is Thursday, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers at home going against Minnesota, a game that, you know, how many times have we seen this before, this divisional matchup? They play twice a year, and these games kind of do get a little dicey there. Aaron Rodgers versus the Mike Zimmer defense. What's going to come to fruition? Already seen it this year already. Um, Russell Wilson against San Fran. Again, another divisional matchup, but I'm looking at Russell Wilson. He's 7,800 and like, I, I don't know, Maddie. Maybe you've seen uh, uh, otherwise as, this far this week, but I feel like nobody is talking about this guy. I know it's an afternoon slate game. Seattle just lost to Arizona uh, last week in that late down in that late night hammer, and I feel like because the pieces are so priced up, and because of what people think of the San Francisco defense being, that it's just going overlooked. Like if you don't play. Uh, the right wide receiver, right? You're feeling like you're going to miss out. You're going to get that DK Metcalf game from Sunday night. And and people, you know, might feel that Tyler Lockett's going to go over-owned. So I just think they're overlooking Russ. But how many times have we seen Russ just, I mean, look at look at what he's doing this year, Maddie, on, on DraftKings at this kind of similar price tag that he's had all year. I mean, 7K flat to start the season, but uh, you're looking at the points on DraftKings, 34, 34, 39, 24, 25, 35 against Arizona. And he just always finds a way to kind of put up points, whether that be going to Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, uh, D- David Moore, uh, Swain, or whoever these other guys are. And so I could definitely see him, you know, paying off that. And and I just like that he has a narrow, you know, distribution of targets and you don't really need to pair him with somebody so to speak for him to smash um and and seeing rushing upside this year that we really haven't seen before um i think he's you know averaging like somewhere around 30 yards a game rushing which is you know that's just added value for a guy like russell wilson uh and then when we go into the cheap realm uh and talking about quarterback you know i've seen a lot's been made about the wind this week and I, i want you to kind of touch on that but at Derek Carr coming in at 5,500, I know you and Kev kind of got into this conversation, but for me, I'm just looking at teams and what I can do. And Derek Carr at that price tag going against Cleveland, it, I mean, Waller's in a great spot. So you love that you compare him with him. Um, you know, I think that there's there's leverage plays off of him, but this Cleveland defense is just 
has been nothing to to shy away from here as Joe Burrow just let him lit him up the rookie there and and even if it's it, if the wind is a factor here so to speak I still think at 5500 you know you're hopefully we're seeing a couple targets go to Josh Jacobs who's got a very solid red zone uh, role on the year top five red zone role at the position uh, Darren Waller I mean he should smash here and he, some of those guys if some of those deep shots do connect. Um, if the wind isn't as prevalent as we think it'll be. I just think that, you know, if Cleveland's putting up points on the other end, he's going to have to come out and play here. And I know the floor is definitely relevant. Um, You're looking at his game logs and, you know, you're seeing just around 20 there in games where they haven't had to throw. So it doesn't feel comfortable. But on this week, Maddie, I'm just trying to get as much skill position players high priced as I can and Derek Carr gives me the route to do that with only stacking him with with one guy, you know, whether that be Aguilar at the wide receiver or or Waller at the tight end. Um, what? How do you feel about this week, Matthew? How, what are your What are your builds getting you to on quarterback this week? Yeah, so I mean, we talked about a pre-show how the the report of all the high wins and in, in multiple spots. Um, it, it really made me just completely nuke my entire build for my three max this week. Um, Cause I, I really was high on uh, Cleveland and, and Las Vegas. Like you're mentioning, I, you know, I had Derek Carr as a placeholder, but anytime I see 15 mile an hour wins, that's when I start to adjust down, like, you know, knock down, start to knock down the passing games, a peg or two um, 15 miles an hour is just the threshold to where you start caring about it. But really once it gets over to that 20 to 25 mile an hour range, that's when it starts to really impact, you know, the passing game, uh, in a significant way, like I sent you guys some some charts and chat earlier this uh, today um, about some right. research that's, that's been done, and, and guys just don't eclipse the twenty point fantasy point mark when wins get up over twenty miles an hour. It's just it affects all throws down the field, whether it's fifteen yards, forty yards, doesn't matter. Um, you know, because I mean, a lot of times these guys are are covered so tightly in coverage, anyways that the quarterback has to make a perfect throw and any alteration to that throw is, is all of a sudden an incomplete pass or an interception. So um, yeah, I, I am going to place a lot of emphasis on, on the way on the wind uh, effects this week. And I'm going to keep a very close eye on that because, you know, like you said, I don't know, I don't know. It might've been last week, but you said that a, a lot of guys get married to their builds early in the week and they refuse to adjust as, as news comes out to us. So if we get word right. that, you know, some of these wins aren't going to be as high as they, you know, were early in the week, people are already set on on their pivots and they're not going to change back to those ideal spots that we were wanting to target in the first place. So definitely keep an eye on that because wins can fluctuate. You know, um, maybe there's a, a front coming through that's, you know, m- move north or south or something. I mean, we're still three days out. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, but it, it will affect my process. And I think on a week like this, where we've got four games with a total of 50 or higher there. We're not going to see a nuclear slate. Like we've seen the last few weeks, really all, all seven weeks so far uh, where every game is approaching that 50 to 60 total. I think this is going to be a more of a gross grinded out week where you've really got to take your high floor, high ceiling combo players. Like you're talking about getting in those high price guys, like maybe a Derrick Henry or a Kamara, even though on a typical slate, we might not want to play them at a high price because we feel like other guys have same ceilings at lower prices. But I mean, this week is, right. is you're going to have to adjust your approach to, to roster construction this week just because of the overall makeup of the slate. And I think 
a great way to, to get exposure to um, high ceiling spots is to load up on the highest total teams, even though the game itself might not be pegged for a shootout. So like the Chiefs, you mentioned Mahomes. He's 8,100. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting access to a Chiefs offense that's going to score. They're going to score 30 plus points against the Jets at home. Like they're going to they're going to. And he's he's got four touchdown upside anytime he steps on the field. So like, yeah, it doesn't feel great to pay 8,100 for him. But I mean, he's one of the few guys that can go out there this week and throw four to five touchdowns. And if he does that, I've got exposure to him and nobody's paying up for him because right. people are going to play Russell Wilson over him. Um, because Seattle has no running backs and that game is one of the highest totals of the week and has all the pace factors and everything that, that people are looking for. So, you know, r- r- uh, Mahomes and Lamar, they're the two guys that, that come to mind up top, right? Because right. you're essentially getting, as long as Clyde or Le'Veon don't burn me, you're essentially getting all the production from those two teams right. by paying up for those two quarterbacks. And so the same can be said for Russell Wilson too, but – um, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to pay down at quarterback this week. That's going to be the popular route. You're going to see a lot of Derek Carr teams. If, you know, if the wind dies down, you might still even see a lot of Derek Carr teams anyways because of his price. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Tannehill teams at 6,200 against Cincinnati. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Jimmy G teams, 5,500 right there with Carr, 5,400 yeah. uh, against Seattle. Like the people are going to pay down so that they can play Kamara. They can play Derek Henry. So I think, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a different build paying up at quarterback, and we know that these guys can carry their team to four to five touchdowns, whereas, you know, Derek Carr might lose two touchdowns to Josh Jacobs or something, you know, something random like that. So there's definitely – Or just you know, be Derek Carr. <laughs> or just be Derek Carr in, in, a, bad, in a bad weather uh, spot. So – there's definitely spots where we can still be responsible and be smart and and get exposure to high ceiling offenses as a whole. You're going to have to pay for it, but on a week where everybody's paying down, I think it makes sense to also consider paying up. So a lot, a long way to a lot, a lot of words to say, I like Patrick Mahomes this week against the jets. I mean, they've been a pass funnel this year. I mean, I know you can run on them too, but they've definitely defended the run better than they have the pass. Uh, They have like, no cornerbacks out there. Uh, I think we haven't seen a, a Tyreek goes nuclear week yet. I think it's coming at some point. Right. Um, it has to, right? And and he's not priced up like he's 6,700. And on a week like this where you've got a guy who can go for 40 points at 6,700, it's, it's a week that I want to take a shot on that. And hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Um, so I really do like Mahomes. 8,100 is a hefty price tag, but – We'll talk about some running backs and and a ch- really cheap wide receiver who I like who's in a an absolutely incredible spot who nobody's going to play. Um, there's there's ways you can make it work and and I think uh, playing paying up for Mahomes and then Lamar. We anytime Lamar gets you know a team that can push him on the other side, he's got that hundred yard rushing upside. Uh, he ran for seventy last year against Pittsburgh in his one matchup with them. Um, so he's definitely got. Uh, the ability to to go nuclear here, and and I'm pretty sure Mark Ingram did not did not practice here either. So you're starting to see maybe some of those Mark Ingram carries turn into pass attempts, and and Lamar's okay. ceiling gets a little higher. So uh, I think he's really interesting in a game with Pittsburgh that could quietly turn into a shootout because I mean Baltimore they they gave up they let the Eagles climb back in it two weeks ago. 
it was like a 60 point game and Pittsburgh just played a 60 point game with Tennessee. It's like these defenses can be scored on, even though they're, they are among the top in the league and both offenses are good enough to definitely put up points here. So I think that that's a game that's going overlooked that, you know, is a mistake to, to, to be going overlooked. No, I, I, I like that. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about that when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, Maddie, we had a question in the chat. And so um, if you're doing Chiefs, is there a run back option there for you? Or are you just saying, like, I know I'm getting 30 points from this game. They could go out and, you know, it could be 38 to zip or 38 to three, 38 to 10. I don't really need an option there. What are you doing there? Yeah, so, I mean, we've seen games where, you know, Mahomes only throws 25 to 30 times, but the touchdowns are deep touchdowns, and he's extremely efficient, and he puts up, you know, five, four or five passing touchdowns on only 30 attempts. So you definitely don't have to play him with play them with a run back, but if you were to, you know, if, if the Jets were to somehow score some points and keep, you know, keep – the Chiefs offense having to, to keep throwing the ball. I, I think you have to look at Denzel Mims, um, just especially if Crowder's out, uh, because, you know, he saw a bunch of targets last week. Yeah. He's getting his feet under him. It's going to be a second game. He's cheap. Um, so I, I don't think I can play Pirine, despite, you know, he's he's going to get all the, the red zone work and all that good stuff. But Frank Gore's still eating into him. Possibly. So. <laughs> yeah, possibly. possibly. That's what we you think. Know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I told I uh, I jokingly told Derek uh, I was talking to him earlier this week and he was me and him were talking about Mims a little bit and I was like, man, do I really want to put money on an Adam Gase player? You know, it's right. like it just it feels like a spot where you can just play the Chiefs without a run back because you'd be playing for the efficiency and their high team total. Sure, and and the likelihood of that is you're saying I'm playing the Chiefs run back, and you know if you're going in a tournament, and I know I know you play more um, single entry three max condensed tournaments, so the chances of this happening might not be as high. But um, if you're in a big field, the chances are people are going to have a run back, right? They're going to try and play Mims if if Crowder's out, Crowder if he's in, Barrios if Crowder's out, Perryman if he's in, like, and you just you can just leave all that ugliness aside and just say that, all right, I'm just going to take the points and maybe get a cheap player elsewhere. Um, you talked about the Russell Wilson play and getting leverage off of that because of the running backs here. Do you feel, and we'll get into running back in a little bit, but uh, Chris Carson, I know he's not practicing. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday, didn't practice today, but Pete Carroll said that he could practice later in the week. That was earlier this week. If he shows up on Friday, what are your thoughts just in general of that situation? So the Seahawks are kind of like the Chiefs where they're all priced up, but the Seahawks are actually even higher priced than the Chiefs are right now because you've got, like you were mentioning, Metcalf is 7,500, Lockett's 7,100, right. Russ is 8K. Um, so, you know, you have to pay a premium for these guys, and that just feels like a spot to me where only one of them usually goes nuclear between DK and, and Lockett, like they've, it feels like to me, they rarely go off in the same game to where it's like, Oh man, I, I have to have that, that score to win. So if, you know, if Russ is having a great game, he can get it done with his legs too. Um, but if he's having a great game, usually it's only one of the two that are having a great game. And so to me, I feel like I just want to play Jimmy and run it back with one of DK or Lockett. And if, if Russ plays well, they cost a lot anyways. And so if, if the Seahawks are playing really well, that means Jimmy's going to have to keep up at 5,400. 
Um, and right. he's, he's got weapons to do it. And the Seattle defense has been so bad that I, I just, I don't see myself rostering the Seattle passing attack, like the full blown passing attack. It's, Attacking that game for me is going to be the San Francisco passing attack and then getting one of those two, Lockett or DK. I feel, I feel you there. And, it, you know, it's just like we said, it's just about talking about the site and where you can get leverage from and, and things of that nature. Um, I, I know those Seattle and San Fran battles do get heated. And just, like I said, just coming off a loss, I mean, you know, a lot, you know me, I'm narrative all, all the way through and through. And anytime I can find a narrative that would make these guys go out there and want to play for something, I love touting it on. Uh, before we get into running backs, Maddie, let's talk about just a couple of these guys. I am surprised about the Ryan Tannehill thing for you. I felt like you've been on Tannehill um, a lot this year, whether it be on showdown or on the main slate or anything when he was kind of priced down, I see he does come in at that 6,800 price tag, but that game is just screaming points there. We know that Henry is going to be owned this week. I mean, it's, it's a yep. inevitable conclusion. Like you're going to see 30 plus ownership percentages on him in the tournaments. And I mean, 60s plus in cash games, if not more. Uh, what What's your feeling on Tannehill this week? And you seem to be a little bit lower on him than I expected. No, I, I do like Tannehill. I just think he's going to be popular. Um, I And I think Tennessee is another one of those offenses where you can just play their entire offense and get a 30 point, 35 point team, you know, because right. I mean, even if Derrick Henry runs, for two touchdowns, I still I think Tannehill can still go out and throw for two fifty and three, or throw for four touchdowns. Like Tennessee's not going to have any problem moving the ball in Cincinnati. So you could be different with a Tannehill Henry and Janu stack, like something like right. that, because Tannehill does have rushing upside as well. Um, so there's just so many ways you can attack Cincinnati. Um, AJ Brown is probably going to be the forgotten man for me this week, just because his price tag is so high. Sure. And you know, he's, he continues to do it and, and that's just, that's just who he is, but he continues to take these long touchdowns to the house from like 70 or 80 yards away. He did it all last year too. So you're relying on him to be extremely efficient, um, which it's the type of player he is. So when you're rostering him, you understand that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Tennessee, uh, the Ravens, Kansas city, trying to think in San Francisco, Seattle. I think those are really the, the five offenses that I'm really going to focus on this week outside of one-offs from a couple other offenses that we'll talk about when we get to those positions. I, I, I like that. It, it feels good. And and even with the Tannehill thing, just to go back, I mean, week six was that week that Henry went nuclear and Matt or uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill still put up 33 points. 33. Yeah. DraftKings with the four touchdowns. It's just crazy. And I, I think uh, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but I, there has been talk about correlating Tannehill with Henry. Like when he goes nuclear, like Tannehill is in that range as well too, which is just wild to even think about. Like it just, it seems so negative when you're pairing a, a, quarterback with a running back that does not catch passes on DraftKings yeah. feels ugly, but it, it's a way to get kind of leverage there, um, especially to just say, you know, let's just get all the points and, and rock out. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on at quarterback here. Uh, we've talked a couple times in the chat about Cam Newton this year, I felt like, and this dude just getting benched for Stidham. I mean, what is that doing for your confidence? What is that doing for your, for everything there? But they have a game against Buffalo here. 
it is a divisional game. And, and like I said, you know, thinking about narratives and just the way that it goes. I mean, they brought Cam Newton in for a reason. The Patriots season is pretty much like on the line, you know, in these divisional games. So they're in must win situations and they're, they are on the road against Buffalo. But Buffalo really hasn't been all that, you know, stout either on, on the other side. So, you know, if you think the way to attack Buffalo is on, on the ground. And so you think about like, okay, are they going to throw Stidham in there to go against this Buffalo team on the road that could take advantage of him if he's passing a lot, or do they throw cam in there and try to get him some of these design runs that he was running from week six and on, you know, started out the year 15, 11, nine, 10 uh, carries against Denver when he comes back from, from COVID, but he was getting yards on the ground. I mean, it's Cam Newton. So at 5,700, you know, you're talking about how ugly Derek Carr could be at the ownership that he has. And then you're looking at 5,700 for Cam Newton and the team, the team will need him. I mean, Julian Edelman, he's out, uh, you know, he's thrown to the likes of Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers and Ryan Izzo. And <laughs> I mean, Devin Asiasi. It's, it's crazy. You know, James White still dealing with the personal issues that he has. He's kind of been out of it and they've been spelling him with Damian Harris. So in Rex Burkhead. So it's like, you know, behind Cam in, in tournaments on a weekend, you don't have to pair him with anybody because of the red zone role that he has as a quarterback. So I think I've, I've been trying to find ways if it makes sense to get some teams in MME situations that have Cam on them. I just wanted to see where your thoughts were there. No, any other slate, I would disagree. And I would say you're crazy. He looks awful. But on this slate where – I just, man, I just think it's overall going to be lower scoring. I think you're going to see a lot of guys not hit their ceilings just because of matchups and yeah. a lot of slow paced games who don't, teams don't want to go back and forth and teams that want to run the ball are playing teams that want to run the ball. And it's just like, man, there's really only two or three games outside of the windy, windy games that were, you know, originally stuck out. But there's only two or three games that I'm like really excited about that could, you know, be a potential massive shootout. So, I think on this slate, I don't hate that at all. Like you're getting a guy with a rushing upside, a rushing floor. Um, he could get you 20 points. He runs in right. a touchdown or two touchdowns. That's two touchdowns. That's 12 points right there and throws for 200 yards. That There's your 20 point game. So it's, sure. you know, there's definitely a path for him to get there in 5,700. I'm not going to hate you for it. Yeah. I think any other week I, I would say no, but this week I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, who's to say what what Cam shows up there? Right. I mean, it, it is tough and maybe I'd feel better about it if it was at Foxborough. But I'm just looking at these these Buffalo games. They've, they've definitely been ugly. Um, but, you know, it, the upside, I guess, is there to a certain extent. And this is the cheapest that we're seeing Cam like all year under 6K. Yeah. So you got to love that. Uh, let's touch on running back, Maddie. I mean, this is a fun week, right? Uh, running back last week was the absolute nuts there. Giovanni Bernard, 4,600 or 45, whatever his price tag was. Yeah, Jamal Williams at the stone minimum. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt was at, at a favorable price tag. Um, so many other guys I'm trying to think about. I mean, people were playing uh, – Justin Jackson and the Chargers in, in that plus matchup there against Jacksonville. So there were so many just ways to go. And then you had Alvin Kamara on the slate yet again. And so now we find ourselves on a slate here that's ugly at the position. And Alvin Kamara comes in at 8,200 here. And uh, <laughs> there he is. There's the godfather himself rocking the Frank Thomas. What up, Kev? 
What's up? The goat. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Uh, we talking about running backs, Skev. Do you want to chime in on on how you feel on quarterbacks real quick before I actually dive into running backs, or you want me to keep riven? I mean, I'm sure you guys hit on all the same ones that I'd be on. So, uh, you know. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. So we're at running back, Kevin, and we just want to talk about the position. It's very ugly this week. Um, Alvin Kamara at the top at 8,200. Then you got Derrick Henry at 8K flat. Uh, those are your 8K price running backs. Then you got Dalvin Cook. Shout out to the Godfather here for putting Dalvin Cook as the graphic for uh, for this pod because I love Dalvin this week. Um, Aaron Jones at 7,300. Don't know what his status is going to be. He could be out again. So Jamal Williams at I believe 6,100, he comes in at this week. Uh, definitely won't be talking about him. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt. I mean, 6,900 for Kareem Hunt. What a price tag that they put him at. So nice. But h- how does this dude not smash here? I mean, against the Raiders. Just what a great spot here. Could be, you know, one of the last times we get to play uh, uh, Kareem Hunt with the Browns backfield all to himself. They're heading into the bye, and then it looks like Nick Chubb is going to be ready to go. Um, in week 10. So could be the last time to get this Kareem love. Uh, and then, you know, after that, it kind of drops off. I mean, we talked about Josh Jacobs with the quarterbacks there. He's 6,200. Chris Carson also 6,200. Um, and I mean, the 5K range is, is really just ugly. I mean, unless you can get behind uh, Melvin Gordon uh, <laughs> revenge week going against his former team, if Philip Lindsay's out, I don't know if you can play him if Philip Lindsay's in. Uh, Jerk McKinnon there. At 5,700, but Jermichael Hasty was getting some run there last week. He's at 5K flat, I believe. Tevin Coleman might be back, too. Keep an eye on that. Tevin Coleman? Oh, Jesus. So He might be back. I don't know if it's official. I haven't seen, but there was definitely – there was rumblings that he might return this week. Dude, so I'm just going to – I'm going to let Kev start it off because he's coming into the pod. But, Kev, just – I mean, talk me through running back position. And we we also got Lev Bell revenge week as well, too. He's 4,700. You know I got to get some Lev Bell exposure there. But the – how it feels this week is if you're not at the top, right, Kev? So h- how many of these positions, like, are we going to have to worry about a timeshare? I mean, it's absolutely just ridiculous what we're seeing here with the running back position. San Francisco situation, Kansas City situation. Uh, I, I'm just looking. I mean, even like a guy like Jonathan Taylor for Indy there, Wilkins was getting run, you know, before they went into their buy. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh Dalvin Cook should have the backfield to himself, so I'm not going to bring him up. But, I mean, so many of these guys, as I'm scrolling down the list, like DeAndre Swift, are they still going to bring in Peterson? He looked good last week. But you got Devin Singletary and, and Moss, who I would love a, a Buffalo running back this week if I know who the hell it was going to be. So when you get into your picks, Kev, just kind of talk to me about the position here as it feels like there's so many 50-50 or 60-40 splits at the position this week, more so than we've seen before. Yeah, but it doesn't help when you have Can so many guys that are out. I, I said it doesn't really help whenever you have so many guys that are out this week. I mean, just been a nightmare uh, of injuries week after week of running backs that continue to to go down. So it really limits what you can do. I think most people are going to pay up for Derrick Henry against Cincinnati, who's 8K. I get the play, but I'll probably be once again underweight on Derrick Henry. Uh, anytime Derrick Henry is going to be chalk, I try to uh, avoid that because there's just so many different ways that he won't get there. And so for me uh, – I probably won't be able to get to that because I really want to get exposure to the Seattle side of the football, Green Bay, and that offense. And by doing so, it's really hard to do that with with playing Derrick Henry. So um, if I'm going to play, if I'm going to pay up for a running back as Dalvin Cook, I'm not worried about 
him coming. I think he's going to be 100% ready to go. Green Bay, you can run the football on. He's $500 cheaper. He's involved in the passing game. I think he's just as good of a play um, as Derrick Henry is, and he's cheaper. And I just think, I don't think he's going to carry as much ownership as Derrick Henry is going to, because I think everybody's going to want to play Derrick Henry against his Bengals defense. So, I'm starting there with Dalvin Cook. If I can fit him into the game, I think you know in a game stack I could run you know run him back with that with Dalvin Cook if I wanted to in a game stack. Well, on the Packers side, so uh, you know I think I think Kareem Hunt is interesting, especially you know I'm sure you guys have already talked about the wind narrative of uh, of the week, you know the the, the, <laughs> the weather narrative that we're going to get oh, this yeah. week. But Kareem Hunt makes a lot of sense uh, against the Raiders, uh, 6900. There at that price tag, like you mentioned, that this is the last time you're probably going to be able to play Kareem Hunt confidently, you know, barring another injury to Nick Chubb, because Nick Chubb sounds like he's due back. I really, really like Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 6,500. I think the Chiefs do exactly what they did last week. Um, I, I don't think the Chiefs have just kind of, whatever they've been able to kind of exert their will, like they just don't throw the ball. They're not opening up the offense. They did the same thing against the against the Broncos, it, they just kind of ran the ball down the field, relied on their defense, and it's weird seeing the Chiefs play like this, but I don't think anything's going to change again this week for them because they just don't have to. I mean, I, I would be absolutely floored if some way that the Jets were able to keep up uh, with, with the Chiefs. I just don't think it's going to be possible. So I, I do think Clyde Edwards-Hilaris, he's a, a large workload here. And so at 6,500, I really do like that. Um I've talked. I really like Josh Jacobs. I know Cleveland has been good against, uh, or has been okay against the run this year, but I do like Josh Jacobs in this game. I think they're going to try to feed him. And at sixty two hundred, I don't think a lot of people are going to play Josh Jacobs. And so at sixty two hundred, uh, I just think that's way too cheap for the ceiling, the type of ceiling that he has. Past that, I do like Daryl Henderson against Miami at fifty nine hundred. He yes. just kind of carved out the workload here. <laughs> um, yes. For this team, uh, it, it's been tough playing anybody from this because you just never know who it's going to be. But it really feels like Daryl Henderson has taken over this backfield and is the guy here. So at fifty nine hundred, again, if you're not wanting to pay up, like I think you can kind of start here and play at Daryl Henderson or even Jamal Williams at sixty one hundred as well, and kind of get into this tier of running back instead of paying up for the top tier guys and open things up. So that's why that's why I think that you know Daryl Henderson and Jamal Williams make a lot of sense. You know, past that, like, there's not a lot that I love further down. Finally, you know, it sounds like we might actually get a J.K. Dobbins week, but not against Pittsburgh. Can't do it. Can, right. can he have gotten a worse spot, spot where we finally only have two running backs to compete with in this, uh, in this backfield for the, the, the Ravens? And it comes in when they're playing the best run defense in all of football. So I can't do that. Him or, or Gus Edwards, I just can't mess with it. Kev, yeah. this, this is weird. Me and you are like on the same roster construction path this week. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. It's like, well, outside I, of quarterback. Outside well, of quarterback. I, I don't know. Kev likes all these cheaper mid mid range running backs, and I feel like that's where I feel like that's where I'm going to land because, like, I, like I mentioned, Kev, you were off off stream. Um, I, I think it's a week where you can be different, paying up at quarterback and getting exposure to um, these high price studs, like. I know the the Mahomes thing. He's he's not in a great spot for the Jets to push him on the other side. But you know there is a path where he throws four touchdowns against the Jets, and nobody's going to pay for him at eighty one hundred. And his pass catchers are not that expensive either. Like you compare Mahomes eighty one hundred, Tyreek at sixty seven hundred, and Kelsey at like low sixes, and that's still much cheaper than than pairing up all the Seattle guys. To do that though, you've got to sacrifice at running back. 
that's I feel like that's the path I'm going to be forced down this week if I'm playing like a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson is I'm going to have to make a sacrifice at running back and not be able to play the Derrick Henrys and the Alvin Kamara's. And I really, really like the Daryl Henderson call. Like he is starting to, you know, that's starting to, like you said, it's starting to be his backfield. Malcolm Brown is getting the third down work and he is mixing in here and there, but it, it is, it is Henderson's backfield right now. Cam Akers is seeing like one or two snaps a game over the last couple of weeks. Henderson has 27 red zone carries compared to Malcolm Brown's 12 on the year. And most of Malcolm Brown's came in the first two or three weeks. Uh, it's really been the the Henderson show, especially once they get in close ever since like week three. Um, so in Miami, it's, it's a great matchup. Miami ranks like fourth fewest rush attempts face, but they have given up like the 14th most rush yards and the eighth most touchdowns. So it's like, Teams that are, are not running on them are having really good success running on them. They just aren't running on them at a high volume. But now you have the Rams who want to run the football down everybody's throat because they have arguably the best run blocking line in the NFL. Um, no matter how you slice it, it's, it is arguably the best rushing offensive line versus the worst rushing defensive line matchup we have this week. Um, so 5,900, nobody's going to play him. I, I absolutely love that call, and I, I think it's a great way to, to pair up, you know, with one of those high-priced quarterbacks. Um, and I do have concerns. I know we'll talk about Kamara. I do have concerns about him. Um, the Bears have quietly been very, very, very good at defending receiving running backs. I mean, you look at Mike Davis, a guy who has lit everybody on fire through the, in the past game, had two catches for three yards against Chicago. Then you've got the Colts. With Philip Rivers, Rivers, we know he throws over and over and over again to his running backs. They had like two catches for 20 yards. The Bears have shut down every pass catching running back. And right. now you've got Michael Thomas is out. Emmanuel Sanders is out. If I'm the Bears defense, I'm saying, okay, I'm putting two or three guys on Kamara every single time. Beat me with Jared Cook. Beat me with Taysom Hill. Beat me with these other guys. And like, it just feels like a spot where the defense can key in on Kamara even more than they normally can. And at 8,200, I totally get playing him in cash. I just – I'm really concerned that the Saints struggle to to move the ball throughout that whole game. And, and Kamara, a lot of Kamara's points come from pass catches and touchdowns. And if he is going to be limited in pass catching duties because of how good the Bears have been and they can't move the ball and he's not going to score multiple touchdowns, in tournaments, I think you, you can absolutely can fade him at 8,200 or be underweight. I wouldn't necessarily just full-blown – kamikaze fade but yeah it definitely definitely scares you to fade him uh at that price and i think uh thomas is questionable maddie i don't think he's been officially ruled out it looked like they were going to bring him back uh into practice i believe so yeah and but you know that that saga has just been yeah i mean if if it weren't for if it weren't for 2020 going the way that it was with all this you know covid talk then this would be the talk of the season right because this dude you know are they trading him are they keeping him he's getting into fights with teammates he's up on the injury reports with multiple injuries it's just it's just wild there but uh yeah if if thomas is is playing i mean kamara like that that kind of just really takes away from me even though the Bears have been pretty good at limiting wide receivers this year. It's just the the upside for Kamara will then be, you know, factored in there with Drew Brees getting Thomas back out there. I mean, I mean, yeah, it, any way you slice it, uh, you, you, at, on Thursday night, I feel like we know where people are going to go. I mean, Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, uh, that, that's where the start is. Kamara's going to see ownership. 
Uh, Kamara's actually projected highest end. Okay, and right now at, at quarterback? At running back. I can give you oh, – Kamara, Kamara. I thought you said yeah. Kamara. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Kamara. No, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, because people just aren't feeling comfortable about the slate. That's what it goes to show you. When the, when the highest-priced running back – uh, on the road there, you know, and not really that plus of a matchup, so to speak, um, is is going to be one of your highest selling this early. Um, it just really kind of talks to how the slate is. Uh, I, I get what you guys are saying about Henderson. I guess my kind of fear about that is, is the West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast there. They just played on Monday night. Um, you know, it was a game that they won handledly against Chicago. Uh, but they weren't, you know, having to rely on it. They are going against a rookie quarterback here to us getting the start. So maybe the defense shows up, gives them a short field, which would be favorable for Henderson. But this, I don't want to say trap game. I hate kind of using that phrase, but it just kind of seems like, and we've seen the Rams let down before in spots where they should be handling their business and just not showing up for whatever reason. And you think about like if Henderson does get slowed down for whatever reason, or just it isn't working. Like they have no problem bringing in Malcolm Brown there. They have no problem like getting all these other running backs. And that's what McVay has just been so adamant about that. Like it is a committee. I, you know, it's, it's a committee. I'm not naming a lead back. It's everybody's getting the mix. Like, okay, fuck you, Sean. Like <laughs> just tell us who the lead back is. Yeah. And let, let us play these guys. But I'm looking at that price tag there at 5,900 and I'm like, okay, I can, you know, if Carson's out there healthy, he's 6,200, $300 more. I can find money for that to get exposure to the Seattle offense. Like Josh Jacobs is 6,200. This dude's getting 20, 25 opportunities in every game that he's in. If the wind is a factor, like I don't have Derek Carr, I can get behind that. Joe Mex, Joe Mixon even being back against Tennessee. I mean, you know, talk about what J- James Connors week could have been last week. This dude was getting touchdowns on this team and they were getting called back. Like if he hits those touchdowns, I feel like Mixon's on the ship if he's coming back. And I don't want to play Bernard, but Mixon with the role that he was having in that offense, like that could really be intriguing at only 6,300 there. He could be in a good spot. So there's there are a couple spots in that 6K range. I feel like that could go overlooked. And, and you said the ownership will be low on Henderson, but I still do want to try and find a guy there who has a legitimate role with pass catching upside um, to play it with my backs this week. But um, what are there any other things that we should touch on here? I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's 7,500. I know he's the cover boy this week, Kev, that you made him. But the opportunities have been there. And, you know, I think because he hasn't been on the field thus long and, and maybe because people were burned by Madison at 7,200, when it was Madison Chalk Week, that they're not getting there. But Dalvin Cook is just a, a beast. He's a different animal. And if he's on the field, we know that Mike Zimmer, it, it's to run the ball. I mean, they are going to try and slow down the clock, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and get Dalvin Cook the ball. Um, he had, what was it, 17 carries? or He only had 12 carries in that first game back. But he was dealing with the holdout issues and things like that. There's no off, uh, no really preseason this year. Still scored two touchdowns, got 50 yards. I mean, and Green Bay's been uh, – they, they've been been able to attack on the ground. So Dalvin Cook could really put up a, a have-to-have-it score this week there. Um, you guys got any thoughts on running back? No, I was just going to say, touching on that game as a whole, uh, I think 6,100, don't get scared off that price increase on Williams from last week. Uh, the, the guy had 24 opportunities, 19 carries, and, and five targets. You're not going to see that that much volume on on many guys on this slate, let alone across the league in general. So 
6,100 in a great, great rushing matchup against Minnesota. He's going to be involved in the pass game as long as Aaron Jones is out, obviously. Um, I, I think that that price is too cheap, and I'm going to be definitely overweight even if he's popular. Um, I just I feel like his volume is so locked in. And last week would have been the week, a blowout win against a low, awful defense like Houston. Last week would have been the A.J. Dillon week if they were going to, you know, say, let's get this guy 10 to 15 carries. It would have been last week. This is a divisional game on the road. Or are they at home? They might be at home. But either way, it doesn't matter. It's a divisional game. Um, they're playing Minnesota. You know, they're not going to mess around. They're going to get their their main guy on the field at all times, and that's going to be Jamal Williams. Um, they're not going to just turn over the keys to the, the offense to Dillon in, in this matchup. So, um, yeah, and I, I love the Dalvin Cook call too. Like, if you're playing, if you are like, man, I just – I got to play this, this cheap quarterback. He's going to be popular. Jimmy G, like – I love Jimmy G this week. He's going to be popular. How can I be different with my Jimmy G team? Okay, let me play Dalvin Cook instead of Kamara or Derrick Henry at no ownership. All of a sudden, my Jimmy G team is now different. Kamara or Henry go for 19 and Dalvin Cook goes for 35. I win. Like that's Those are like the, the overall lineup ownership construction things that I was talking about last week is so many people overlook – they try to focus on one individual player's ownership as opposed to your your lineup as a whole. So it's okay to play a cheap passing attack that's popular. If you do, pay up at running back and be different with the running back that you're paying up for. And I like I love Dalvin Cook. I mean, you guys didn't really talk about Jonathan. I mean, I, was, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor. Are you? Do you guys want any exposure to him? Because. I mean, he is kind of in that weird spot where he's cheaper than Kareem Hunt, but not by much. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, is, you know, only $100 cheaper. Jonathan Taylor hasn't really had any explosion games or anything any, anything big. But this does feel like a really good spot for him against a Dow- or Detroit defense that has been terrible against the run. They are uh, 29th in adjusted line yards. They're also, what, 34, 31st in power rank, 28th in stuff rank, 30th yeah, in second bad. level, yeah. and 19th in open field. So like this feels like a real like this feels like a really good spot for him to finally have like that that kind of like coming out game that he really hasn't had. The problem has been surprisingly, like the one thing like we all thought about this this Colts offensive line is that it was gonna be one of the best league, but it really just hasn't been this year. It's been been great like their their offensive line comes in like i was surprised when i was looking it up like they're 28th in adjusted line yards 25th in power 22nd and stuff 27th and second and 24th in open field rank like for an offensive line that was supposed to be you know top five in the league after all the move you know at, they just really haven't lived up to that, that that hype but this is a great matchup for him and he does get pass catching work i don't hate the price tag that's on him either at 6600 like I feel like he's got to come in under uh, under owned, and if he is, like I feel like that's a nice pivot off of somebody like Kareem Hunt, who's probably going to be the highest, if not the second highest, owned running back on the slate. And as a guy who gets as many opportunities as he does, like I, I don't, I don't think this is a terrible matchup. You know, it's also inside a dome, so weather really isn't a factor. So uh, I, I just kind of yeah, like I mean, Taylor. I, I wouldn't pivot off Kareem Hunt though, Kev. I mean, it, he's Kareem Hunt's in, in a good spot as well too, with getting a you know a defined role there and target share. 
going against the Raiders defense. And that that's a way you can attack them. I'm looking, you look at Jonathan Taylor's share that he's seeing, and it just like, it just isn't enough to, to warrant what he should be getting. I, I mean, all things considered, Kev, I, you know, if this was somebody who was getting, you know, even 18 opportunities, uh, 17 opportunities, close to 20, this would be nice, but you're looking at these attempts and they just really haven't hit there. And, and guys like, like I, we were talking about earlier with the quarterbacks um, and before the start of the slate, like Jordan Wilkins is still getting utilized in the role and he had missed some games, which was helping out Taylor, but I think he's going to be back um, for this game. And it, it's just not one that I know I can trust. I mean, in, in 20 max fields, like having some exposure to him. Yeah. That does make sense off of a pivot on some of these guys, but on my tighter builds and three maxes, like I, I just can't go there enough. And like, you know, what's to say that we don't see this indie team that was just, you know, getting bloused by Cincinnati, you know, right. And then having to throw on the back of Phillip Rivers to win, you know, doesn't come out here. I, I just see so many ways that this could end up disappointing rather than smashing. Yeah, I think the comp for me this week in terms of outlook is with Jonathan Taylor is probably Henderson. Like you look at volume for both of those guys, they're both going to approach what the 15 to 17 carry mark with two to three targets and their matchups on the ground are uh, basically the same. Miami is, is just as bad in all those metrics uh, on football outsiders that you mentioned for, um, for Detroit and Henderson's what 700 cheaper. I think he's 5,900. And then you look at like Kev was talking about the offensive line hasn't been good for Indy. Well, you look at the Rams offensive line, they've been the almost the best in the league in, in all those categories. So I think if I'm going to take a shot on a guy who's going to see probably I'll peg him at 16 to 18 opportunities. Um, I, I think for me this week, it would be Henderson. I, I, I do agree that the matchup is there for, for JT. I just think, I just think Henderson's got the same sort of outlook, maybe even a touch better and he's a little bit cheaper. So that's, that's just how I think it's a very comparable situation though. Uh, I, I don't, don't hit it at all. Uh, Kev, since you're pivoting off of Hunt, that means you love Jamal Williams this week, right? No, no, I don't. Like, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, I don't have, I really don't have anything against playing him. Sixty one hundred dollars. Like, I get it, but I do feel like, I mean, he, if he had he not scored that at that touchdown late in the game, that garbage time touchdown that he got, like he would, he would have had like what thirteen, fourteen DK points, which still would have been fine at the price that he was last week. But for him. If if the Vikings are, I will be interested to see how this plays out with him. If the Vikings are able to get a lead uh, against against the Packers, and does this change his role at all? And, and do we see some things that are a little bit different here? I don't hate it at sixty one hundred, but I I just I don't know. I'll have some exposure to him just like I did last week. Um, I'm definitely going to be underweight than, from the field. Fair enough, Kev. Fair enough. Let's let's move on to wide receivers and kind of talk about the position here. And, and it, it's been wild. Um, I mean, we got Devontae Adams leap and bounds at the top at 8,800 this week on DraftKings. Next closest guy comes in is DK Metcalf, who's $1,300 cheaper wow. at 7,500. It's just crazy. Uh, Michael Thomas, 7,300 if he suits up. Adam Thielen, 72. Lockett seeing a huge price increase, or maybe not that huge. That's seven hundred dollars to seventy one hundred from sixty four from last week. Allen Robinson, he's questionable in concussion protocol. He's seven K. That's your top. Um, Maddie, you said that AJ Brown, he was going to be the kind of odd guy out for you if you were going in the Tennessee range there with him being at sixty nine hundred now. 
which is priced higher than even Stefan Diggs, who doesn't have a great matchup against Stefan Gilmore, but still 6,800 for him. I mean, Maddie, you, you alluded to the Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, wanting to get Pat Mahomes exposure and Tariq Hill comes in at 6,700 and that game is just, you know, winning by 19 and a half or plus for Kansas city as Vegas is projecting. Like how is that not done on the heels of, of Tyreek Hill? I mean, just such an explosive player and these secondary from, uh, the Jets is just going to have a, a hard time stopping him. So I, that's probably the the main way I would try and get exposure to that game is just try and get the Tyreek Hill like blow up game that we haven't seen happen yet. I thought we possibly could see it last week. Uh, didn't come to fruition, but you know, sorry, I digress. Uh, I want I want to get you guys thoughts here. I mean, there's just there's so many different angles I feel like to take this week more so than others at wide receiver, knowing that. Devontae Adams, like first and foremost, is is going to be the guy that people play. I mean, it doesn't matter what his price tag is. He's got a favorable matchup against Minnesota. Their cornerbacks are a joke and not healthy. Um, And at 8,800, you still don't feel like you're getting, you know, you still feel like you're getting a, a deal on him. I feel like people want to want to say, uh, looking at the rest of how this slate comes up. But even in the mid range here, I, I still think there's guys, you know, that could show out. I mean, Keenan Allen's been doing it. He's 6,200. You got Brandon Ayuk there who's going to have the the team to himself at San Fran at 5,800 against a Seattle He's defense. He's not going to have it to himself. He's not going <laughs> to have it to himself. Uh, Cincinnati receivers are still, you know, kind of cheap, except for Tyler Boyd, who's 66. But T. Higgins is 56. And A.J. Green, who's, you know, been air, an air yards master and seeing 24 targets the past two weeks. He comes in at 4,500. Uh, I want to hear, and Maddie, I guess you started off because you have the the guy who's who's going to uh, who's going to be leverage off of Brandon Ayuk. But I just feel like for me, you know, I definitely want some Adams exposure, uh, but I'm not too keen on the Minnesota guys run back. They're just so priced up to what they could offer. I guess maybe I would try and get Adam Thielen there because he has the red zone role and maybe people chase Justin Jefferson. But um, outside of like Tyree Kill and, and DK Metcalf, because I like Russell Wilson, uh, I'm really trying to fall within the 5K range, low 6K range for my guys. I do like Marquise Brown a ton to get exposure to the Baltimore side of things because, I mean, Pittsburgh has been absolutely atrocious at stopping receivers getting big plays on them. It's every week wide receivers are just taking them to the house. So Marquise Brown, you hope that this is a good right spot for him. But go ahead, Maddie, take 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 the wheel and let's talk about these wide receivers. Yeah, so uh, I'll just go ahead and start it with uh, somebody you wouldn't expect me to start it with, and that's Kendrick Bourne. Uh, first four weeks of the season, he saw five, five, six, and six targets, and uh, most of those were, were with Debo out. And once again, we have no Debo Samuel. The nice thing about this matchup is we know which side of the field the Seattle corners are going to play, and the the 49ers have actually been pretty set in their ways with, with where they've played their wide receivers too. So Kendrick Bourne, um, he gets matched up with Shaq Griffin this week. And just to give you uh, some stats here, Shaq Griffin has allowed 33 completions on 48 targets for a 69% catch rate. Nice. Uh, 419 yards, which is good enough for nine yards per target and 13 yards per completion. And he has allowed a whopping five touchdowns in six games. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Five touchdowns in six games, which Kendrick Bourne has also been one of the main red zone targets for Jimmy G. Uh, both last year and this year. Um, I know they haven't really passed a lot this year, but I mean, we have seen Jimmy G in these, 
in these games where the the offense on the other side pushes him. Like I think back, the game that I think about the most um, when talking about him is is the Saints game last year with with the 49ers where they scored a combined 100 points. Like we we know he's got it in him against a bad defense, and Seattle's going to force him to to push the ball. And I think Kendrick Bourne at 3,500. I I just don't see another low priced wide receiver down there that I feel good about that has a solid volume and a red zone role like Kendrick Bourne in, a, in as good of a matchup this year. So Mims, is, so Mims is fine. We, we kind of talked about him um, when I was bringing up the Mahomes, the Mahomes play. Like, you can attack – you can get all the Chiefs' exposure. Like, if they were to, to score four passing touchdowns, you just play Mahomes and Tyreek and, and Kelsey, and then you can run it back with a 4K Denzel Mims. Like – He's gonna be there. He's thirty two hundred. Oh, he is thirty two hundred. I thought he was a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's thirty two hundred. Like you can play Mims and Bourne and all the dudes. Don't I don't. You're, not, play, you're not playing Mims and Bourne, Maddie. Show me Why the not? team where you play Mims and Bourne. It would be on a. It would be on a Mahomes team. <laughs> okay. It would be on a Mahomes team, but you absolutely can play Mims and Bourne. I think. I just think this. Like I said, I keep going back to. I think across the board, this is a lower scoring week. Um, you're not going to see as many high ceiling outcomes. And so I think, you know, you're playing a guy at 3,500 and Kendrick Bourne, he gets you 15 points. I think he's in the optimal lineup just because of, of the makeup of the slate. And I know that's a lot of words to say about somebody like Kendrick Bourne, but I mean, <laughs> I just, for a, a, a slate where we're trying, we're struggling to find, you know, cheaper value. It just, that spot to me just stands out head and shoulders above all the other wide receivers and running backs. So um, I do like him. I love the Hollywood Brown call. He would be my pairing with, with Lamar, I think over Andrews, um, even with Bush out last week, John who didn't do anything against Pittsburgh and they've shut down the, the tight end all year. Um, so I do get, you know, kind of weary about paying six K for Mark Andrews against Pittsburgh, but um, we've seen wide receivers, like you said, torch, like all, even back to week one, Darius Slayton went nuclear against them. So um, AJ Brown did it last week. It's it's possible and it's likely. Um, I like Hollywood, sixty one hundred. Um, love the Tyreek play. Um, outside of that, I mean the Bengals guys are fine. The you can run them back if you're stacking up Tennessee. I like T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd. Uh, T Higgins is like one K cheaper, so I think I prefer him. I don't know what you guys are doing with AJ Green, but he gets the Malcolm Butler treatment this week. Who Butler's been playing pretty good this year, so. Yeah, he 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 didn't do that well last week. Deontay was getting loose. Deontay was getting loose. I mean, it, you know, and I I want to know what's going on with uh with Christian Fulton. I haven't seen their their injury report. Oh, he, he's, out. he's out. He's out. He's out. Okay. Yeah, some seventh so, I mean, round like, guy, like Chris Jackson, I think is his name. I was looking at it last night. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, even at his price, Tyler Boyd at sixty six hundred. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got he's doing it. He takes catches a hundred yards and a touchdown upside. He's been one of Burrow's favorite targets. Like sixty six hundred feels weird to pay for Tyler Boyd, but like you said, he just keeps doing it. And Tennessee is going to force him to throw the ball. So, Kev, where are you at with wide receiver this week? How are you feeling? I feel pretty good about actually. You know, most so far this year, there's really hasn't been any time that I've really wanted to play any like super cheap wide receivers or. And this is a week that there's quite a few like sub 4K wide receivers that I think are, are in play. I think one of them are going to break the slate. And, and um, Valdez Scantling. No, I think okay. actually it could be Darnell Mooney. Like you guys aren't really talking about it. If Al, yeah, Al, Mooney, Al, Al, yeah. 
Allen Robinson doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. Like, I like it. I is like he has to return to practice. If he doesn't come back tomorrow, he's obviously going to be out this week. Um, you beat New Orleans through the air, so it is a home. But like, I just feel like that Darnell Mooney could end up at what is he thirty five hundred? Like, I think this is a great spot for him. And at, at that price tag, like he without Allen Robinson, like the dude could see ten plus touches quite easily. So, like, I like that. I, I like playing Darnell Mooney here, and I even I don't really mind him playing him even if Allen Robinson does play. And so, you know, I'm not really all that concerned with too many of the New Orleans secondary pieces that they have. They've been they've been burnt most of the year. Now, of course, trusting Nick Foles is is a whole nother is a whole nother thing. But I do think, you know, at 3,500, he doesn't have to do a ton. Darnell Mooney doesn't. And right now, I mean, he looks much better than what Anthony Miller has looked. And you know, he's one of uh, Foles' favorite targets. So, without without him, like again, like I think you can see 10 plus targets and at 3,500 dollars, like it's it's hard not to not to like that course at the top i think this is a big dk metcalf bounce back spot at 7500 everybody's gonna play tyler lockett because he just exploded Mm -hmm. and everybody's gonna see that they're gonna be chasing those points and tyler lockett's still cheaper than dk metcalf is i think this is a big bounce back spot for him paying 8800 dollars for Devontae adams is something it's something (laughs) like (laughs) that's your boy that's i love Devontae. that green bay game is one of the win games too yeah, and Where I it's just like twenty-five to forty mile an hour winds. That's Mister Drop Passes, Devonte Adams. Okay. I, I love Devonte, but if, if I'm playing, if I'm paying eighty-eight hundred, I need a guy in a dome, seventy-two degrees. You know, I'm playing on turf. Well, like, but like most of last year, like whenever Michael Thomas was that 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 expensive, like it was hard to play him, and he balled like every single fucking week, right? Like he just crushed, and like it was yeah. hard to justify playing him last year. An eighty-eight hundred dollar wide receiver. Is more expensive than you're going to pay for any running back this week, and it's hard to justify playing an eighty-eight hundred dollar running back. And I would much rather do that than pay a wide receiver. Can he get smash? Absolutely. We just saw what he did last week against Houston and Minnesota secondary. Certainly not something that you're all that concerned with. But I don't know that that's going to be tough. Like I just like and if Michael Thomas plays, whew, I'm going to be overweight on some Michael. Thomas. I I totally understand <laughs> that Chicago's secondary is is pretty good and everything else. But Michael Thomas seventy-three hundred. Uh, give me all of that. Uh, because I just think that that price is is too cheap for him. I mean, he is normally an eighty-five to nine k wide receiver, and getting him at seventy-three hundred is probably the cheapest he'll be all year. So I do like doing uh, paying for that. I would I would I would prefer to play seventy-three hundred dollar Michael Thomas versus an eighty-eight hundred dollar Devontae Adams, and what could be a worse spot for Michael Thomas. But regardless of that, um, you know some of the other guys that are cheaper. You know, Tyreek Hill, I totally understand that at 6,700. It looks like he's actually, from some of the ownership I've seen, that he's actually going to be pretty uh, highly owned. Could be the in the top five of ownership among wide receivers. So that scares the hell out of me because like, I because I know he's such a big play threat. He's a guy that could, you know, house call two touchdowns and, and hit value just from that. But I don't know. Like, they haven't really been using him as much in that way. Like, he's really been much more of a short, intermediate route type of player this year and just kind of getting him in space. And they've been using McCall Hardman a little bit more for that. So I do think McCall Hardman is actually a nice leverage spot off of Tyreek Hill. And McCall Hardman's only 4,700. So um, so, so I, I really don't mind playing McCall Hardman um, there. I love Justin Jefferson at 6,500. I would rather play him, I think, than Adam Thielen because I think Adam Thielen is going to see all the Jair Alexander he can handle. And so I do think that he is he in a better spot. this year. He just what? beat him this year. He beat him this year earlier this year, week one. He took week, him out. He's the only he's the only wide receiver that's been able to show out on this dude. 
We'll see. We'll see. But, still, but the red zone uh, role is there for Thielen, though, right, Kev, though? I mean, the re- like, if they get in the red zone, like, you're playing Justin Jefferson because of the big play ability. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I hear you. I hear you. And I just think, I, I just think he's – I think he's in his in just as good, if not better, spot than a wide receiver. You know, Adam Thielen seventy two hundred. You can play Justin Jefferson at what sixty five hundred. So that's where I come in on that. Um, I like Cup too. Okay, the because the outside corners for Miami are Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. So that's going to be right. Woods, Woods and Josh Reynolds, right? And so then you've got right. Nick, some dude named Nick Needham. <laughs> playing yeah, the slot against Cooper. He's Cup. been playing. He's been terrible. <laughs> yeah. So he's been he has definitely been their worst corner. So, you know, sixty five hundred, if I I think the Rams just come in and run the ball and golf maybe throws like twenty five to twenty eight times. But if the Rams do have to throw in and they will throw some, but I I mean we know Cooper Cup's their red zone role guy. You know, he's one of golf's favorite targets and definitely has the matchup here. If you, I've, I, cause I, I just want to say that cause I've landed on some teams where I've got 6,500 left in the flex and I'm looking at Justin Jefferson and I'm looking at Cup and I do like Cup in that range. It's a tough range though. No, it is. I mean, and, and most likely you're going to see people pay down for Keenan Allen um, yeah. in that range against Denver, but you know, who, who knows? I mean, that game's going to be very interesting uh, with the Chargers traveling into Denver to play. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a fun week, right? I mean, Kev, we started off the pod just by saying like this this week is fun because of you know where ownership is kind of leaning towards, and so just by being different in in one or two spots, like your team is completely different. Um, if you take a stand, like especially, I mean, Maddie, if you're taking a stand on Brandon Ayuk to play Kendrick Bourne, like you already have that much leverage ownership on the field, and we talked about it last week in week seven, off of week six with the Derrick Henry, you know blow up spot is the total ownership right of your mm-hmm. team so what is the total ownership come in at with your team if you're playing all these shot guys 40 percent 30 percent uh 50 percent you know 20 percent the total ownership is going to be you know drastically changed if you take guys who are you know two guys who are under 10 percent owned already you've already got a leg up on the field there um so yeah, I and, think- and, and, and that's not to say i don't like Ayuk this week like I, I even think he's a great one-off play if you're not even if you're not stacking Jimmy G I just think like you said if if you were to go set a lineup with Jimmy G I guarantee you you would go Jimmy G Ayuk and Kittle and then you would run it back lock it or DK and so you can be different go Jimmy G born save the money off Ayuk for $2,300 and Kittle and then run it back with DK and all of a sudden now my my Jimmy stack is different Okay, if IU gets ten and Bourne catches two touchdowns and he's got twenty-two, now I'm the winning San Francisco stack in a, which is my favorite spot of the week, despite how high owned it was. So just little things like that that can you know make your you can still attack the good spots because I mean the, to be honest the field is getting sharper every single year and every single week. The chalk is chalk for a reason. Like there's so many content sites that do good research um, and have their voices heard in the community. And there's a reason these guys are chalk. So it's just a matter of picking and choosing which spots to, you know, kind of leverage off the chalk. I, I hear you there. Um, any, you guys got any other things on wide receivers before we move into tight ends? No, I mean, I think a couple other guys that are, that are, in, I like Kenny Galladay quite a bit. I know, I know Xavier um, uh, Rhodes has played better this year than what he has in the, in the previous years, but I still think Kenny Galladay can smash in the spot at, at 6,600 and, um, I, I do like him quite a bit. And then I really, 
want to play a Pittsburgh wide receiver, but I, I, I don't know because I, is Marlon Humphrey, has, has he returned to practice yet? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen either. I, I know he was missing on Wednesday. Um, if he were to I miss can, this week. Let me try to do a quick search. I, I think Juju would be interesting, but, oh, man, I don't know what Juju's ceiling is. I mean, he, but he did get hammered with he targets looked, again last week when he had the 13 targets. Yeah, yeah, and he, he, he looked nice last week. So I, maybe he's healthy again, but and I really don't. I still don't mind Deontay Johnson at fifty five hundred, um, who looks like he's good to go for this week. So Marlon um, Humphrey returned. Jimmy Smith sat out. Okay, so that, this gave him some rest. So I do think Deontay would be would be interesting because I think that the outside wide receivers, especially, you know, I, I've said it before, Marcus Peters. He's kind of overrated. Um, like he he's a decent corner. Like he's not like people try to act like he's an elite cornerback and he's not. He gets beat one too many times and he hasn't really actually. If you look at his numbers this year, he's been torched a lot. Uh, he has not been good uh, so far this year. So I, I do think that people are going to completely stay away from the Pittsburgh wide receivers. And I think I think getting exposure to that uh, either whether it's Juju or whether it's through. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think, uh, makes a lot of sense. And there's going to be no ownership on them. Yeah, and so Jimmy Smith is actually dealing with an Achilles. And so he was limited oh, yesterday yeah. in DNP today. So he, they, him and Mark Ingram are two, the two only only two injury-related DNPs. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like you said, the outside receivers there get interesting. I mean, it's hard to know which, which one is going to go off, right? Because, I mean, both Claypool and Deontay can explode, but – I absolutely would run back one of those two guys. I probably I don't think I would run back Connor if I was playing Lamar. And then what about the last yeah. one I was curious about, what you guys thought were was on Cole Beasley at fifty three hundred. Oh that game just feels so gross. Yeah, I think the the weather is looking rough too there, Kev. Like it, it looks like it's gonna be sloppy rain, uh things of that nature. And I the target share has been there, but yeah, I don't John, know. John Brown's back this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, he is back. He is back. They are. He's like team. he's really cheap. Yeah. I was looking at him and d- debating playing him, and I don't know. I kind of had to talk myself off that ledge, but he's like four K or something, forty five hundred. I I just feel like you you know this would be the week where uh, playing fifty three hundred dollar Cole Beasley, like no, thank you. I, I want yeah. as much salary as I can on these for sure options here. Like I would, I'd playing Cole Beasley. I'd much, I would, I would play a Jets guy honestly over, over Cole Beasley just in the sense of if Crowder and Perryman are out, like I'll take, I'll take Mims at three, three thirty two hundred or whatever he is. Like I'll take you know chances on Jeff Smith or Braxton Berrios in the three K range over that guy just because I need the salary. I could use that two K elsewhere. Um, the only other guy I want to talk about before tight end was uh, I think. AJ Brown's on the injury report with knee. I'm not sure what his status is going to be for tomorrow, Friday practice, but Corey Davis is back 5,100 um, saw some targets last week. Uh, that's a guy, I guess that's a guy who you could pivot to if you, if you don't want to play Cole Beasley uh, 5,100 there against Cincinnati saw 10 targets last week against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it never, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, we'll see. Tannehill is popular this right now. So maybe people get on a stack of, Tannehill and and uh, Corey Davis and Janu, if it does get ruled early enough that AJ Brown's out, but if it's you know somewhat questionable, or even if he ends up playing like fifty one hundred Corey Davis, any interest there for you guys before we move on? I mean, you have to like him, right? Like he's getting a ton of targets. He had ten right. last last week. Um, it's just 
like the Titans are just a team I, I want to game stack every week, their whole game, because they're playing at such a fast pace. Like they're near the top of the league in, in pace, near the top of the league and no huddle rate. Uh, they're throwing the ball more. Last year it was just let's run Derrick Henry 30 times and Tannehill's going to throw 19 to 25 times and we're just going to win that way. This year it's like they're ju- they just want to play both ways. They want to pass and run the ball and their their tempo has led to them being among the highest total games almost every week. Like we saw it last week too with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean just uh, you're it's getting the guy with a wide roll. Yeah. Right. You guys going to play Jacoby Myers without uh with no Nikhil Harry or no Julian Edelman? I am not. <laughs> I, I, Kev, before you joined, and I'm not sure if you're listening, but I did say that I had interest in. Yeah, you can run it. You can run it with a uh, $3,500 Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, you know, he was their, their their standout last week. I think he had 60 yard receiving. If I'm playing Cam, I'm hoping for, you know, two red zone rushing scores and I guess maybe a touchdown to whomever, but I don't want to have to guess who that's going to be too. And then. Just I'm just, there's no are. fucking way I'm playing Jacoby Myers, but, <laughs> but there, 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 there is a lot hey, of he's had some preseason shine. He's had some preseason shine. Put some respect on his name. Yeah, well, he's not Preston Williams. So, uh, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of there, there's like I said, there's just a lot of uh, I think cheap wide receivers that I think are actually in play this week, and they're not just complete yeah, dart throws for sure. And and you'll probably need them. I mean, there's going to be a receiver under 5K that. Pops well over their, you know, expected point total that you might need if all these top guys hit um, on your rosters. Let's talk about tight end before we get in the defense and do our belts before we wrap up here. Thanks for everybody joining in for the DJ Nation pod. It's the week eight NFL DFS breakdown. You're watching us on YouTube, uh, Periscope or Twitch or, or listening to us. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us all season long. Tight end position, we got George Kittle at the top at 7K, Kelsey 6,600, Mark Andrews at 5,800, Darren Waller 56, Hawkinson at 53. And that, that those are your 5K and up uh, tight ends this week. Everybody's 4K and below. Um, I, Maddie, I don't even want to take the the flare away from you because you were on this before before I was. But, I mean, Johnny Smith, like, and I, I'm, I'm going back to cash this week to kind of play because it is such an ugly week. So I'm going to try and take advantage of that. But Johnny Smith at 4,100 just seems too cheap. I mean, he did let down, was injured, uh, left the game, uh, saw four targets still in that game, but, you know, has a red zone role here. Um, just an easy way to get exposure to that game uh, if points are going to be scored there. So you got to love him. But I mean, at the top here, uh, Darren Waller, I just, I, I don't know how I can get off this guy at, Fifty six hundred, what he is, especially if there is going to be weather concerns. Like he's going to get the underneath work here. He's Derek, Derek Carr's favorite target. Um, you know, you're looking at his target totals, which have just been ridiculous outside of the New England game, and that's to be expected when you're facing a Bill Belichick defense taking out the best player there. But just you know, double digits uh, fantasy points, DK points in the past three games. He's just his role is just you know what you're getting from him, and he he's too cheap for for what you're getting. So really like him, but at the at the bottom here, uh, I mean, I guess there's going to be some interest in in a guy like Harrison Bryant. Uh, who was named a starter late on Sunday, who goes out and balls for two touchdowns. He's he's 3,200 there going against the Raiders. I think there'll be some interest in him. Uh, Irv Smith, 3K flat. And then, dude, you got to scroll all the way down. This guy Cole Komet here in Chicago. I think he's the, I think he's the flat man this week at 2,500. P- 
pretty much made him and Anthony Miller were the only guys that could make plays for Chicago on Monday against the Rams last week. And he, he is the minimum. Uh, the coaches have already talked about trying to work him in and getting him more share. Jimmy Graham, he saw his role affected until they really like were down the stretch and needed uh to make plays to get back into the game is when we saw Jimmy Graham finally hit the field and he saw his five or six targets. But before that, like it was this kid Cole Komet who was over the field and making plays there. So if they work him into the office and try to utilize him against the saints who we've been able to attack tight ends, uh, against the Saints with, I do have some interest in getting Cole Komet there. It feels ugly, but I mean, we're talking about paying down at the slate. And if I can get, you know, running backs in a good spot that are priced up and my, I feel comfortable about my wide receivers, I will uh, definitely take some shots in MMEs and 20 maxes on Cole Komet there. Uh, Kev, talk to me about tight end this week. What's, what's jumping out at you? Pretty straightforward. It's uh, Waller, if I can get up to him. Yep. Or Kittle. Um, I think if I, you know, I'll probably have a lot of Kittle with my Jimmy G stacks, but um, it's going to be Waller. And then it's going to be Janu, who is absolutely ridiculously cheap at 4,100, who is going to smash Cincinnati. And if I really want to get wild, I'm going to go down and I'm going to play Irv Smith, who is 3K, continually just gets more and more involved in this offense, you know, running more routes. His last two games against Seattle and Atlanta, he played 72% of the snaps and 81% of the snaps. He ran 31 routes against Seattle, 31 routes against Atlanta, five targets in each of those two games, four receptions. 60 and 55 yards hasn't found the end zone. So at 3K, Irv Smith can absolutely crush uh, that price. And so I think that he is somebody that I do have some interest in. I went and kind of went back and looked at uh, Njoku and Harrison Bryant, and they're actually pretty similar in terms of the routes they ran because Harrison Bryant did play more of the snaps. He played 76% of the snaps, but only ran 14 routes, where Njoku played 56% of the snaps, but still run 12 routes. So they pretty much ran the same amount of routes. Um, one had three targets. The other one had five targets. So I think a lot of people are going to play Harrison Bryant because of that, that price. And I mean, I don't know if I really want either one of them to be honest with you, because I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that simple of a situation. Cause I think both of them are so involved in the offense or at least were last week. And I think now it's an uh, Odell. I think you could see them run a lot of 12 personnel now. Um, even more so, you know, with this, because I mean, we're, we're talking about Donovan Peoples Jones, and I'm so tired of hearing people talk about Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins is a fucking bum. Like, I've, I've been hearing all week people talk about Rashard Higgins, like this guy. They, we've, we've been trying to, people have been trying to make this guy a thing for like the last three years in Cleveland. And like every year, oh, look, Rashard Higgins okay. is going to become a thing. He, oh, here we go. And he just doesn't. Like, I, I don't care what his price is. He could be 3K this week. I'm not playing Rashard Higgins. Like, he's unathletic. The wind and, <laughs> okay, and, and he's he's just a hey, guy, man. okay. And so, like, everybody wants to play him. Yes, Will. Like, you know, I see you in the chat where you're talking about Rashard Higgins. Like, no, you don't play Rashard Higgins this week. He's four time zone <laughs> wide receiver. That is oh, fucking my God, stupid. Gross. It's it's Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Rashard Higgins. One of these things does not belong. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and it's him. That's crazy. And we just talked about he's all how, how, how many of these cheap wide receivers there are. This week, right. there's so many of them. He's not the guy. He's not the one. Okay, like I would rather yeah. play Donovan Peoples Jones, who is uh, a you know a world class athlete compared to Rashard Higgins. Right? Like it's it's not even close. <laughs> and so, like I, I can't do it. And I'm not playing oh, Donovan Peoples Jones. 
<laughs> world-class athlete. I love it. Yeah. We really did. We didn't really talk about him. I mean, but uh, you know, Jarvis Landry still being there, I guess he could, he could be an interesting kind of pivot. I think he's 4,700 there. Uh, but it, it is, it is just going to be interesting to see how the Browns um, target hierarchy goes, I guess, for lack of a better term uh, with o- OBJ out, you know, and how they do how, if they succeed or whatever. I know a lot was, made this week about Baker being better without Odell on the field, which just seems kind of ludicrous to me, but uh, you know, I digress. Go ahead, go ahead, Kev. Is that th- those are your, those are your roundouts there? I, I like the Irv Smith call. Yeah. yeah I think it's pretty simple. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get too cute with tight end. I think it's, you know, if Noah fan, which doesn't sound like he's going to play, well, I, if he plays like, uh, I don't know. Cause I mean, I guess he was a full participant uh, today in practice, but man, he did not look right against Kansas City. Um, he just he he just did not look right. Like yeah, he looked like he was severely injured, but it looks like he practiced in full. I guess the other guy that I was gonna that I forgot to mention was Jared Cook. I do like Jared Cook at forty four hundred. Um, might like him a little less if Michael Thomas ends up playing, but I do think Jared Cook at forty four hundred, who doesn't really carry any ownership, uh, solid red zone threat for Drew Brees in this offense. So. That, that it's pretty simple for me though. It's going to be Kittle, it's Waller, it's Janu, and then if I want to pay down, it's going to be a, a Irv Smith. Maddie, no, I, I'm on the same exact guys that Kev's on. Uh, Kittle, Waller, uh, Kelsey. If I'm playing Mahomes, otherwise it's uh, Janu at 41 and Irv Smith at 3K. I will say Irv Smith is second on the team in red zone targets behind Thielen. The issue is the Vikings are just not throwing the ball when they get down there. They have 42 rush, red zone rush attempts and 21 pass attempts. So he's got four, which is second behind Thielen, who has nine, and ahead of Jefferson, who has three. So Irv Smith, you know, hasn't been using the touchdown department, but it could be coming. Trey Burton at, at all, 3,500. But, I mean, so, I mean, what's going to happen? Is, is Moe Cox back? Is, you know, like, are, are they going to have all these other, all these dudes? You know, like, he's, yeah, I mean, Moe Cox, Cox is questionable. He was he got in a limited day. practice on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Even I will say though, Kev, when he started to see kind of his target share not get to where it was the last week before the bye, but before that, he started seeing it creep up with Ali Cox being out there. So I mean, there there is something to be said there that they do have, you know, the coach, the tight end guy, Frank Wright there, who is wanting to run 12 personnel and that Trey Burton could still see the field. I mean, you know, you got TY Hilton out there and Guys like Marcus Johnson and Zach Pascal, like Trey Burton's kind of carved himself a little role there and what is a uh, lackluster receiving corpse. So I just, I, I I mean, just I, rather, I'd rather play Janu for 600 more. I mean, you look yeah, at yeah, the first thing, you, first thing you see when you pull up uh, Trey Burton's game log is that he played Cincinnati and scored 22 DK points. And then you re- realize that <laughs> the Browns last week, when both of their tight ends went nuclear between Bryant and, and Joku, they played Cincinnati. So, it's just – it's such a good John new spot. Um, man, I have a hard time not paying 4100 for him. Yeah, I hear you there. Let's uh, – I mean, 4100 just too – way too, too cheap. Like you, too can, cheap. you can eat the chalk at the tight end position. That's been one of the ugliest, you know, all, all year. Um, if you're just looking for double-digit production to get there, just just go Jonu. Um, Let's go into defense before we get to our build. And, and guys, I really want to hear, hear your takes on defense because it's just wild what we got this week. I mean, the Chiefs are 4,500 at the top. I think even cheaper than what the Bills were last week, if I'm not mistaken, or whatever that was. They faced the Jets. They were 47. Um, but, the, I mean, wow. The Chiefs 
what they just did in Denver was absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't believe what I was watching for the afternoon games, but 4,500 just, it's just, it doesn't make you feel comfortable. I mean, there's just so many ways where it just can't go wrong and everything went right for the chiefs Two defensive and special teams touchdowns last week. That's how they were able to get there. Um, Charges at 4k right behind them going against Denver. I mean, the same type of thing there that you're getting, you're getting from the Chargers. They, were didn't have the success against Jacksonville, but teams against Denver have had success and Drew Locke hasn't looked good. So that's why they're priced up. But I mean, for me, I'm, I'm looking at uh, where is the team here? So we got, I mean, I'm trying to pay down where I can. And so like I, with the Brown situation there, it's crazy how they're not like really getting pressure. Um, and miles Garrett, miles Garrett is, is banged up a little bit, but you, you, I mean, you have to like, what they could do possibly in this game, if, if weather's permitting at 2,600, like I can definitely get behind that. I mean, 2,400 against the Rams too. I, I have some exposure there. You know, the Rams are the Rams. The Miami defense has kind of been, you know, putting together some games here, double digit sacks and four straight games, you know, an interception, it, which you can't predict interceptions, but they've actually been making plays and like, you, you know, you're seeing the Jets. OK, they put up 15, but, you know, put up 12 against San Fran. They put up 12 against Jacksonville. The Chargers couldn't do that. And they're they're priced at 4K this week. Um, you know, if, if they can just get me a decent score there, I'll feel comfortable with them. And uh, I, I, outside of that, like I just really don't know what I'm getting to. I guess I'll just have to let the builds dictate themselves to me and just show, show me what I have for defense, because I unless we're getting up to the three K or maybe three K Titans, I could get behind there. Um, It's going against Joe Burrow. He's a rookie quarterback. We have seen him put up big scores, but he has made mistakes too. So I can see myself talking myself into some teams there, but outside of that, like I really just want to pay down to save the salary. Uh, Maddie, what say you for defense? Yeah, I like the, uh, the dolphins and the Browns calls Uh, Browns. I got on to my radar after I nuked my builds due to the 25 to 40 mile an hour winds. Um, Cause I had their car originally, but I, I like the Browns defense side of that uh, playing at home in that nasty wind game. Um, Dolphins, like you mentioned, Dolphins defense has actually been pretty good this year um, aside from defending the run. So I absolutely right. don't mind them at all at 2,400 either. And I always say that my my approach is to fill defense last, which you kind of were just alluding to yourself. I will even play the Jets at 2K if I have to. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I, it's one of those weeks, man, where you need all the salary you can get at the position players. And like, I, I'm I, not I, paying 4K for a defense. I, ha- I have to do something on my bill to not get Jets D. Um, I feel you. But. No, I feel you. I feel you. But if I, it's like no, a build I, that I love where it's like a game stack and the perfect one-offs, uh, if I have to, I'll punt. But yeah, if I had to choose yeah. down there, Dolphins and Dolphins and Browns. Yeah, and I, I, I make this easy. Go ahead, Kev. I was just say I make it easy, say, so so we can get to this this lineup. It's, I like the Lions at twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, I guess the Philip Rivers led yeah. Colts. They're fine. Uh, twenty five hundred dollars, and then the other one I like is the Saints at thirty four hundred dollars. So I'm gonna if I can figure out a way to pay up a little bit. I do think the Saints against Chicago. Nick Foles is a fucking bum. He's no better than fucking Mitch Trubisky. I'm done. I'm done with that dude. Uh, at least Mitch Trubisky's athletic. Um, 
and not a statue back there. But I think yeah. he's going to get sacked quite a bit. That offensive line is, has troubles, and I think you can expect probably a couple of turnovers as well from that from that offense. So. Uh, I, I think if I can get up to the Saints at 3,400, uh, that's where I'll go. But if I cannot, I will go with the $2,500 Lions. One last, uh, one last thing since we're talking about defenses. It does sound like Mike Hilton's going to be out for Pittsburgh. So that's another boost okay. to Hollywood. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely like that. I mean, Hollywood, Hollywood going to hit this week. I feel like Hollywood going to shine. Um, yeah, Kev, the, the, the Detroit defense has actually been pretty good at coverage this year. I mean, that's that's kind of what their linebackers do well. The the run is just where they can get gashed, and that's what Indy wants to do. I know you were talking about Jonathan Taylor. So, it, I mean, there is, a, there is a path for them to kind of not hit, but if you think that – I mean, I, I was just talking with Maddie when we started the show. Like, I just don't know how that game is at 50-point total right now. It's not, It shouldn't be. That game is going to be so slow. So slow and just so ugly. So just I just wanted to say by talking about the Lions there, Kev, like they could definitely pay off on that 2,500, I feel like. Like even last week. Nobody will be on them. Detroit and Atlanta last week combined for what, 30 points? Something like that. And and what should have been a nuts spot, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like Atlanta plays fast, awful pass D, whereas Detroit and Indy, you attack them on the ground, so. Um, all right, fun stuff, fun stuff. All right, let's get to this DraftKings build, guys. Uh, week eight, DraftKings build. We've been playing this in the $5 single entry huddle there on DraftKings. I'm, I will uh, be able to tweet out the roster there that we come up with on the DJ Nation Pod Twitter handle. We will get that up so you guys can can see that uh, probably on, on Saturday. And and as always, you know, we're just following along with the news. If there is any situation that we need to pay attention to on Sunday morning or anything like that, we will change it. We will tweet out the new team. Um, so you guys are, are looking at that. But um, guys, let's get into this this week eight build here. Build it up. It's it's a crazy week. So I can't wait to see what this build is going to bring us. Kev, why don't you go ahead and start it off? Derek Carr. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, no, uh, I knew it was coming. I'm gonna go. I could talk about quarterbacks, but I, I'm gonna go Jimmy G. Kendrick Bourne. Son of a bitch! I knew I should have went somebody else. Kendrick Bourne. It is. Um, Sorry, Ryan. I didn't know if you were gonna give yourself second choice, but I just kind of lapped you there. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, let Let's just go Kareem Hunt so we get exposure to that game. I'm fine with playing them. Playing up front. All right. I'm going to lock in Kittle. So, uh, so Dalvin Cook. I like it. I was going to do that, Matty, if you didn't. So, I like it. Uh, let's see. We got – so, Jimmy G, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Kendrick Bourne, George Kittle, 49, uh, 25 is what we got per player. I mean, Higgins fits in there right, Kev, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. I really should have planned better on here. Um, one is six K guy. Let's. I'm gonna. Pu- I'm gonna put Brown in for now, just because I know I want somebody in that range. But I'll. Uh, I'll play around with it a little bit. So Brown's in there for now, Kev. Just know that there's gonna be 500 somewhere, give or take. There. We got wide receiver flex defense left. DK Metcalf. Man, you did not leave much wiggle room there. Jeez, a loop. All right, so Jimmy G, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Kendrick Bourne, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, George Kittle. No, he's right. You've got got to play. I actually see something. 
Sorry, Ryan. Johnny Smith in the flex. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to have to take out Brown now. Uh, definitely not doing that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jets. Uh, Jets D, this asshole. Let's – uh. all right, so I'm going to take out Brown, and I'm going to have to make you think about this uh, this Johnny Smith play because I'm going to put in Valdez Scantling instead. Okay, then I am not going to put in Johnny. It's our boy, Daryl Henderson. You got 2,500. 2, Lions? Lions D? Lions or Dolphins, one of those two. I don't care. Lions, Kev? It's on you. Yeah, let's go Lions. Jimmy G, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Kendrick Bourne, Valdez Scantling, DJ, DK Metcalf, George Kittle, Daryl Henderson, Lions D, no remaining salary, lock in the team. Oh my goodness, what a team that is. Uh, lock in the team, lock in the podcast. That's the, that's going to do it here for the DGen Nation podcast, the week eight NFL DFS breakdown. Appreciate everybody who's been rocking with us all year. We're at the halfway point in the season. It's crazy to think about, but I mean, hey, we're going to be grinding out for, for all the rest of the season going into playoffs. It's It's been a fun ride there. Episode 86 is in the books. Woo! Look at the look at the fantasy channels at the bottom. If you're watching with us, make sure you're subscribed to the Fantasy Authority channels there on Twitter, YouTube, uh, the website fantasyauthority.com. We got Instagram popping off there. Shout out to Cody Cutzer who's been doing all the work there for the Instagram. If you guys are watching us on on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing the content uh, on your podcast software. Is liking and subscribing, rating rating the pod. That's all fun, all good stuff. We appreciate you, fellas. We're gonna be back. And fellas and ladies, we're going to be back next week, week nine, for, again, the DFS breakdown on DraftKings. And then signing off for Kev Steele, the godfather, uh, at Fantasy Rat 13 is where you can find him on Twitter. Maddie Dickinson, Maddie Moneybags, Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. And myself, your host, Ryan Williams, at Ryan Alexander underscore W. We'll catch you guys next time. Get that money. Until then, peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to?